Here we go, guys. Sorry about this, but it is advert time. I'm going to now have an ad in front of the podcast. Uh, you can skip sort of 30 seconds ahead if you really want to, um, but I'm very grateful to have a sponsor supporting the podcast now, uh, and I hope you guys will continue to support that um, because it really helps me me do it. But this podcast is brought to you by Slow Tide. Slow Tide, our company, they took a mundane but essential uh, everyday product, uh, a towel, um, so something that we use every day, and they've turned it into uh, something cool, something you like looking at, a piece of art. So Slow Tide work with artists, brands, and photographers to bring amazing designs onto their products. Uh, not only towels, they also have now applied this same logic to blankets, um, perfect for the winter. Those of you that have listened to the podcast and know me will know I love sitting and watching a film or TV. I ask every guest to recommend me some something good to watch. Um, and especially in the UK at the moment, it's pretty cold. Most of that watching is done under a blanket. Uh, most importantly, though, uh, Slow Tide are committed to sustainability. Um, all of their cotton products are responsibly sourced through the Cotton Leads program, and their polyester products are made from 100% recycled post-consumer waste, usually plastic bottles. So you know that by buying one of these products, you're also not affecting the environment. Uh, check them out at, at Slow Tide Europe on Instagram for more information. I'll be posting a fair bit about them on my Instagram as well, at the After Hours Lounge. Um, huge thank you to Slow Tide for supporting the podcast, um, and thank you to you guys for getting through this advert. And now, on with the show. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the next episode of the After Hours Lounge. Really weird. I do keep saying that intro over and over again. I recently went back, and I don't know, maybe it's becoming my thing. Um very stoked to be joined on uh, this episode. I kind of went through my episodes recently and I had a little look and I did realise that now I am 40 episodes in. I'm quite pleased about that. Um, but I did realise I have actually only done one episode um, with a, a female, a woman, a girl um, with, uh, yeah, Eastkey Britain. If you haven't checked that one out, check out. So I thought I'd bring on two of my very, very close friends. Nice to have some friends on the podcast again. Um, if you've been to Vass, if you've ever, yeah, windsurfed, anything like that, you've probably heard of them. Uh, they run the Instagram page, Crossshore Official. They don't update it as much as they used to anymore. Um, but I'm very, very happy to be joined this week by Laura Craig Harvey and Emily Harris Rothorn. <laughs> Hello, Sandy. Hello, Sandy. Thank you so much for having us. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. The two of the two of you are very, very nervous about this, and you're worried about what we're going to do. But I assure you, it's not. It's not anything to be like nervous or worried about. It's literally. Well, it's kind of weird because we're talking to each other through a screen, and I think we've literally never ever done this before. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're interviewing you, Sandy. There's two of us and one of yeah, you. Yeah, it's quite intimidating, actually. It's like, yeah. <laughs> what do you think you could bring to the role? Um, <laughs> but yeah. Like we've, you know, we obviously go, we we go way, way back. Um, known you guys for like, it's pretty horrible, but known you for nearly ten years now. We're getting so old. An era, an era, yeah, eras and eras. An era indeed. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, I know you guys very well, uh, but some of the listeners may not. Um, tell tell us a little bit about yourselves, what you do, um, you know, how how we met as well, um, and yeah, tell us your story. Okay, so. I'm Emily. I realised that actually when we're doing the podcast, people won't tell, be able to tell who's talking, no. will we? So we'll have to introduce ourselves. So yeah, we obviously met. We were trying to work it out. It was 2012 or 2011? I can't remember. Yeah. Um, 
and I did my flying fish course and then as all good stories in Bath start you do a fish course and then you become an instructor so um I did that for a long time while I was at uni when I finished uni um, and now I am in charge of children because I'm a secondary school teacher um so I finished my training last year and this year is my NQT year obviously in a global pandemic which makes things a bit more interesting but um yeah I still am shocked that I'm the one that's standing there in charge really most of the time hormonal boys, of hormonal well. boys yeah which is interesting but do you know what actually I was going to say working in VAS with you boys for so long it's really stood me in quite good stead I think <laughs> for handling quite a lot of their problems so yeah well done thank I'm you for that as much the same as another <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah um oh sorry I am Laura um and I don't know I'm talking into the camera like that um so much the same as Emily but a year later, so I went to Bath in 2012 at the end of my gap year yep. and did my fish course. Um, I'd never windsurfed before and I did the beginner to instructor course, stayed on and stayed working there for another four years. Mm. And uh, after that, uh, what did I do? I went and worked in the charity sector, which I'm still doing now. And I work at the International Rescue Committee, which supports refugees wherever they are in the world, whether it's uh, refugee camps um, or in the UK or US. God damn. So you are, you're both being kept right. very busy <laughs> at the moment. Yeah, that's crazy. But yeah, like e Emily, what you said, that is weird because, you know, loads of people from Seasons, in my experience, they've loads of them have gone into like becoming teachers. Like, you mm, know, yeah. my girlfriend Heidi, she's a teacher. Like uh, our friend Charlie, he's a teacher. There's so, so many people have, I've got I know yeah. two examples there, but I think it is it is a similar thing. I mean, we've you know, you know, you guys just started windsurfing, but you do get thrown into a world where suddenly you're standing up in front of loads of people. Mm, yeah. A lot of people, you know, and we'll, we'll get into it. Well, we'll get into it now. We'll talk about you know being on season stuff, and you hear it all the time of oh, when when you're going to get a real job and all this stuff, and it's like that that always really pissed me off, and I've never made any. Uh, secret to, to or to try and hide that I find that really yeah. stupid um because they're the damaging <laughs> I got no when people say that to you all the time it's really like quite belittling and you get it, it does wear you down over a while and you think hold on a minute you know I'm actually you're paying to come on this amazing holiday and it doesn't just run itself like what do yeah. you think we do all day yeah. just sit yeah. around like just because we're gorgeous and tanned, <laughs> you know <every laughs> a lot of work goes into that every summer I had to battle with my dad to um come back because he'd be like oh you need to be doing internships and things like that and, I, and he actually admitted himself at the end of it like the people skills you get from that and uh, the fun, obviously the fun is great but friends that were doing internships and just like photocopying mm. all summer not having any money to like spend and do anything fun um and it was like the best of both worlds you got really good experience and I felt like going it's to like, interviews and stuff yeah. after Bass really confident and also like the clients are all great to talk to about careers like a lot of them would have helped us if yeah. they'd be um in any mm. kind of useful sector um and like yeah like Sandy you had like useful contacts at Facebook was it yeah I mean I like yeah, yeah. like I think that's that's something that a lot of people don't think about as well on these seasons and things like that and you know like a lot of the you guys were were a couple of them. I mean, uh, you know, there was like two kind of sectors of us, wasn't there, in working in vast teaching windsurfing. There was my kind of lot that we didn't go to uni and we were just windsurfing and we would go on winter trips and all that stuff. And then there was the guys like, you know, yourselves and, and our friend Ali and stuff that would do a slightly shorter season and then go back mm. to uni uh, yeah. and, and things like that. But 
regardless of whether, what you were doing, I think everyone always knew that, you know, you know that seasons don't last forever, but you meet so many people and like, yeah. just it's so easy to just say, oh, people skills. But I think like networking specifically and just like learning how to talk to people from different walks of life is, yeah. is yeah. like, you're right. People, you know, you do an internship. I've been 90% of the time you make, co- you make coffees and you, yeah, you make right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you're talking to the, your demographic of people if you're doing an internship, aren't you? Like everyone that's there is probably really similar to you yeah. because they're all in the same boat. You know, they're all living in London, doing the same things you do all the time. Whereas, yeah, if you're out in vast, you get all sorts of people coming. Mm. And also confidence, like going into a job, just knowing how to talk to people mm. and feeling confident in myself so you can then present yourself well yeah definitely like in interviews and like kind of make sure that you're yeah getting somewhere in your own job yeah. but I think it was like it was real I think we still struggle with it now of obviously having like a taste of that life of Vass and like a lot of our friends are still managing to do it like the season life like you managed to do it for a bit with 2XS and also you're still kind of managing to have the best of both worlds of like working and um, being able to be by the coast and windsurf yeah. when you want and for us coming to London it was a little bit of a like jolt trying to get used to nine to five mm. like all the time saying like oh no it's fine because we can just get out at the weekend and then never actually getting out at the weekend or like we'll be like oh it's wind- we'll windsurf at weekends and then it's never windy or the one weekend we've set aside for <laughs> windsurfing yeah it's not windy or you go to Queen Mary you've been to Queen Mary's haven't you yeah I have. was that a yeah. good windsurfing experience <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the thing as well isn't it you know you you know you you know we all we all spent you know four or five five summers going going to Greece spend three months there basically it's paradise I mean it's, I've worked yeah. out recently that it is my favorite place in the world you know the yeah. winter is not as good as maybe other places I've been to but you know for for all round vibes you know people around <laughs> everything you know Vass is the place so when you spend that on there yeah you're right when you come back to the UK doing water sports and you're like I'm in London. I'll carve out this weekend, and you go somewhere like Queen Mary, or even yeah. down, even down to the Witterings, and you know, which is a beautiful place to windsurf. But it's like sideways rain, forty degrees, yeah. and uh, sorry, forty knots and five degrees. You're like, yeah, yeah, just maybe. But have, yeah, but then you have when when you do get those good sessions in the UK, like we've all turned up at West Wittering and somehow like there's a big group of your friends, yeah. and then it's just amazing because you can go out for as long as you like you get cold so you've like earned the coziness of yeah. that you've got pubs oh, of pubs in Greece yeah and it's like yeah, yeah and everyone's like excited to see each other again and it, you like that buzz of feeling like tired and driving home at the end of the day is just the best feeling yeah, yeah. and we just we don't get enough of it we're, no. so, we're all we're all gab when it comes to like oh we're gonna be we're gonna live for the weekend <laughs> and then the weekend <laughs> comes and we're like tired. Oh, can't be asked. <laughs> That's a, that's a funny thing about seasons as well. I mean, I remember at the time when we were doing seasons and stuff and you had people coming out, you know, that were in the London life or, you know, maybe only people, only like either our age or a couple of years older. You know, you had those guests come out that were really cool and, you know, kind of hang out. Yeah. yeah. And you chat to them and they they very much did live for the weekend. And I remember kind of being like, almost like mocking them, being like, <laughs> yes. like you yeah. work, so you get two days. And then now, you know, I've been in the UK for, you know, uh you know two two or three years kind of post-season or two two years um same with 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 Heidi um you know my girlfriend who you guys know and you know now she's a teacher and she's like I live for the weekend and we've tried, <laughs> yeah. 
we really and I'm self-employed you know basically every day is a weekend for me you know I, I work around me um mm. but it's still like you get to the weekend you're not right what we're doing how are we going to make yeah the it's weird how at the time doing seasons I was like making fun of it and all this stuff yeah you 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 do realize within a couple of months of being in the UK the whole society here is built around having those two days off yeah and actually it's not so bad and I think actually um this whole lockdown thing has made me appreciate a bit more because like seeing friends who have been furloughed and obviously like there's the added um thing of like they weren't sure if their jobs were safe and things like that which is a worry but like generally people being furloughed now okay summer it seemed like great because it's like a long time mm, holiday yeah um but people now are like what well how do they structure their days and like the weekend comes and they're like oh it's just another weekend and like fair enough there's nothing to do because it's locked down but also it kind of it's like I quite like that I'm like earning my evenings of just chilling out and like earning my weekends of like being able to get out and go somewhere um yeah. And I think I've like got a bit more, even more of an appreciation of that this year. Yeah, I think having like, yeah, it's it's not necessarily like, I've not found it's necessarily having a structure because I think being flexible is important, but having a purpose is like- Yeah, purpose, yeah. You know, like even, you know, like for me, you know, my, my work's been very up and down this year um, and recently, mm. or I'm preparing now for it to kind of drop off for the next, you know, m- at least month or so. But, you know, I've got this podcast to keep myself busy, irregardless. So I've kind of found some or, you know, like we're all very lucky. You know, I've just written an article for a windsurf magazine about it, of having windsurfing as something to do and something to drive you. You know, like you said, people like at least, you know, like Emily, you're a teacher, so you probably haven't found it. But if you were furloughed, you know, at least you're like, well, I can go windsurfing all the time now, you know. Yeah, yeah. More of an effort and stuff. So it's great to have something like that. But. I think that's what a lot of people struggle with, especially this year, is like not having that, uh, having a purpose that isn't tied to your career. Um, yeah. Is really yeah. difficult. And, and I totally agree on the the flexibility as well, because I, so my job, I was quite new in my job this summer. And so because like any job, you're just getting to grips with it. And so I didn't actually have much responsibility. So I just had to get stuff done. Yeah. Um, and so there were a couple of times like Em and I went mm-hmm. um, winter thing midweek for lunchtime which for my kind of job is like office hours uh 10 till 4 and obviously you need to do eight hours at some point around that yeah. um and I just was a bit naughty um <laughs> <laughs> and at like 12 was like oh no wi-fi is going down sorry offline. <laughs> <laughs> and to be honest I'd like I'd worked solid till 12 yeah got everything done and then we went out windsurfing and it was great and yeah. I, was, I genuinely don't feel guilty because I got everything done that I needed to and yeah. that was so fun. And this summer, generally, I took a little bit of a like, this is an opportunity. Like next year, I'm going to be sat in an office. I'm going to work flexibly. And I think, yeah. I think hopefully, like all jobs now, or at least most of them that were really strict nine to five, are going to be a lot more relaxed around that. And it's going to be more about like, as long as you get your work done. Yeah, we don't mind when you get it. Yeah. Done. So a lot of like, I used to be really guilty of it. If I was in the office, I was like, it's fine because I'm in the office, so I'm therefore working. Yeah. And I realised, like, we worked, I worked in a sales job before teaching, which was absolutely soul-destroying. But all the people I worked with were, were incredible, so I had a good time. And we'd sit there, it'd be half past ten in the morning, and we'd be like, have you done anything yet? And I'd be like, yeah. no, but we're in the office, so <laughs> we're working, it's fine. Yeah. Now I realise, obviously, having, and Heidi, I'm sure, tells you all the time, like, there is always so much to do all the time. And you realise that, actually... 
if you're done you're done like there's no point wasting time just for the sake of it like yeah I mean we love faffing but it it, uh, yeah hopefully they can realize that if you've got it done you can move on and it's not just about being there for the sake of it yeah which is yeah yeah definitely I mean it's something it's something that I've found being something that I found being self-employed as well like my first few months of being self-employed I sort of had to I kind of had a a guy I was chatting to before I decided to do it and you know he sort of helped me get set up and stuff and I chatted to him and I said look I'm I'm kind of finishing a lot of stuff a lot quicker you know than I thought or and all this and he kind of said well you're not sitting in an office you don't have the distractions you don't have eight people around you all going oh what are you doing this weekend or does anyone want a tea do you want a this do you want a that so you actually yes to it yeah exactly so you kind of cram <laughs> you cram eight hours of work into a into a five-hour window so that's yeah and I think that's kind of something as well that I've taken from season life or maybe not like you know Nielsen and stuff like that but for us working at Club Vass it was very much like you work really hard and then you're allowed to chill out do you know what I mean you know yeah lunchtime under the sail rack you're like right you basically got two hours to just lie in the sun and hang out or let's yeah. do, like I remember one year when we had to rig up all the sails and it was like right you can either we rig all the sails in one day right now um and you guys can all have the morning off tomorrow or we'll just spread it out over and we were like you know to the break of dawn and I remember you yeah. know we put the floodlights on and we didn't finish rigging sails till 10 o'clock at night yeah. but then the next yeah. day we all got the day off so I, I kind of feel like I've had that sort of mentality instilled in me from again from doing seasons of like you know do it do it then it's done you know that is I just say that to myself every morning when I'm sitting marking books and I'm like oh I can't be bothered I'm just like do it then it's done and then it's fine I think that was probably Ollie Scott isn't it that first said that in Bass we had such a good I I really miss um that teamwork which sounds really lame when you say that I miss my friends but it was like you're kind of you work hard because everyone else like you don't want to be the the knob that sat there not doing anything like you want to help out and you feel left out if you've like slacked off or something and like again that's something that I struggled I started my job virtually and so I didn't really feel like I was part of the team and I'm like slowly getting to know my new colleagues but I always think of that and I'm like that that's just great because you feel like I just love that teamwork and you want to do the best for everyone else and we're all like you're all trying to impress each other like you love it when on the Monday morning when you get like someone's written your name being like thank you Laura and you're like yes everyone knows I'm great I realized the other day that most of the time when I'm doing something I'm not doing it for myself I'm either doing it to show <laughs> off in front of other people or for recognition from other people or because yeah you don't want to let your team down and yeah. I was like oh maybe actually that's probably not the healthiest way yeah, maybe I should do things for myself but actually it is it is all about being part of that team and getting that recognition yeah. and yeah. working together I think that's just so important yeah and what some something else that I realized because for years I, I assumed that was kind of normal, but then you when you do go out into the, the big wide world and get a real job, um you you kind of do realize that a lot of other people don't think like that. And suddenly no, not you're at like, all. but but it's kind of good. I remember, you know, like you you know, um it was a bit of a running joke that I, I worked in a leisure center in the off season. Um <laughs> I you ran that leisure centre, didn't you? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. But the funny thing is, the manager. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. And they, um, 
they were always so cool with me and everything because I was like, yeah, do it, do it, then it's done, do it. And loads of the other staff, <laughs> loads of the other staff were like, no, I can't, you know, can't be asked, we'll do it later, whatever. And I was like, oh, come on, boys, do it, you know. I literally, like, like you said, I was just like, do it, then it's done, you know. You know? Yeah, it's so true. So it, it's funny, like you go into the the world, and yeah, you you realize, oh, actually, not not everyone. Basically, what what we're trying to say here is that you, sh if you go and do a season at Club Vass, it just turns you into an absolute alpha human. <laughs> no wonder everyone else on the beach is like, what a load of dicks. <laughs> yeah, everyone else hated us, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I know, but no, it is so true, and I think I sort of similar to you, Laura, is I wasn't going to take a gap year and then it was and my mum was like now you're going to pay the higher uni fees like what are you doing and she again turned around to me at the after you know five years later and said do you know what I'm so glad you didn't listen to my advice because I honestly think if you I mean I think Nora's probably the same like if we had to pick something we've done in our lives that's really shaped who we are so I'm getting a bit <laughs> I'm getting a bit much now but honestly I think I would pick maths I think yeah, I genuinely I developed a personality I I'm not a good one but you know <laughs> and I think that is one thing that really that has impacted me yeah, for the better definitely yeah I mean yeah I couldn't I couldn't agree more I mean it's especially because it's because we did it during like your your kind of formative years you know anyone, anyone anyone that says that you're an adult by the time you're 18 is chatting absolute shit you know I don't think you're not a real adult until you're 25 really are you yeah, so exactly. like you spend all that time, time, um, you know, doing it and getting all those experiences we've just spoken about. It's it's yeah. pretty, um, pretty impressive. But one of the reasons why I wanted to get you guys on as well was to get the the female perspective. So, like, what was Ooh. what was it like? I mean, you know, maybe this is an odd, really like vague question, but like <laughs> one of the one of the experiences <laughs> one of the experiences I'll draw on is like me and. Me and Emily, like, you know, we we talk together a few times. So you teach a certain level for the for the five days, Monday to Friday. I remember me and you teaching one week and we were teaching uh, water starring, which is a kind of intermediate windsurf technique. And I, Wednesdays. <laughs> water start Wednesday. It literally was <laughs> water start Wednesday in the pool. <laughs> and I remember <laughs> I remember we um like I taught them a certain way to do it. One of them was like, how do you flip your board around? And I was like, well, you just grab it and you, you flip it over. And I remember Emily, you being like, well, I can't do that. Yeah, you were like, well, you know, cause I'm like, you know, six, six, three and quite big and all this and you're yeah. not. So it was like, well, I, I can't reach around, you know, I can't reach that bit. I can't do that. Gecko 135 is like <laughs> 500 metres wide. Yeah, exactly. And then I remember like, yeah, a few of the ladies in the group being like, yeah, I couldn't do that either. And then you 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 had some complete other technique of how to do it. And I was like, mm. oh, I, I never thought about that. Because in my yeah. brain, I'm like, and I get it kind of made me like think about stuff a lot when I'm teaching. Because I was like, a lot of people probably can't do that. Because I, you know, all the big guys are like, yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> but um, a lot of the, you know, the women in the group, and typically that kind of level, there was, it was about a 50-50 split. You know, there'd be just as many, yeah. you know, women and stuff. So that was, that was something that kind of made me think a lot, especially because at the time I was, you know, really taking the teaching seriously and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, what, what other kind of, yeah, I, I just wanted to pick your brains on that and kind of what, what being in VAST was like um, yeah. as, a, as a lady. I guess as I mean like on the topic of like the classes and teaching women like I think you might agree as well but 
my favourite level to teach was the intermediate. And it was the women who are normally the same ones that came back every year and stayed in intermediate and they loved it. Mm. And they were just so great. And then obviously the men that came in were also so much fun and they'd be a little bit braver. Again, I'm really overgeneralising because you'd have really brave women. But if you're going to like really um, generalise. And the women were just so much fun. And they, yeah. they weren't afraid to admit. They were like, as soon as it got windy, they were scared. Mm. And they'd go out, do a couple of runs and be like, you know what? I'm going to go get cocktail. And you'd be like, that's great. You tried. It's fine. And it was yeah. like, I think a lot more. For me, I loved it because it was like women are just going out and trying it. And that's the main thing. Um, whereas I think. Guys in Bath. Oh, you've frozen a little bit. Is the Wi-Fi going weird? No, no, carry on. Sorry, <laughs> we're going to sound like robots. <laughs> um, I don't know what it's like for guys in Bass, but almost felt like you had to kind of you had to prove something a lot more. Whereas for the women, we were teaching and for ourselves. Mm. We were, uh, maybe we were lucky with our group of girls. It's like we were just proud of each other if we went out in yeah in the mega days. And as we got better, we'd go out more and more, and then it became more normal. But it was weird that at the start, it was like a huge deal if you went out and did a big run yeah and you'd get really scared and come back in and we'd all go like (laughs) and it was just like even if you'd absolutely stacked it doing a beta start um and that was what was quite nice it was just like we were literally there to have fun and give it a go we didn't feel like we always had to improve like Mm. by the end of five years we were (laughs) (laughs) semi-consistent And my dad, it's like a massive joke in my family that I was teaching people windsurfing. I still couldn't turn around myself. Um, mm. But yeah, we were just had fun, which I think was a big thing for being a girl in Bass. Yeah, I think we were really lucky as well. Like Laura said, with our sort of generation of girls yeah. that came through is it was never competitive. It was always really, really supportive. I don't know if that came from a place. So when I first started working at Club, Black, at Club Bass, it was me and Jordan Bethany Mercer hadn't come out yet but for a while it was just me and Jordan on the beach yeah and after that that's when more girls started to say like the year you started working mm-hmm. or there was loads more girls and stuff so yeah. I think actually we were quite lucky in that we started from scratch a little bit and we weren't like working we weren't having to come into an environment that was already quite well established so I think we were lucky in that sense because yeah. we could sort of make it what we wanted to yeah. to be which yeah. was really nice yeah. and I know that like there's a lot around sort of like the image of what a club bass girl looks like or you know you see the beautiful like blonde girls that work up the beach or whatever and we just I personally never felt that pressure which I think could have happened really easily but it didn't which is obviously a credit to like the whole the whole place really yeah. but it was all yeah always supportive and I yeah. think like Laura said we didn't take it too seriously we were quite lucky like you know a lot of the boys go off and compete and they need to train while they're in yeah. bats as well we never had that pressure and I mean it sounds bad again because it comes from a place that might be like people don't expect much from women but it we were always people were like wow like yeah, yeah you went out on that and we were like yeah but the fact that it was just so normal yeah people sort of it became normal and then they were like oh yeah okay fine yeah. and we almost like eggs each other on to look as hideous as possible oh yeah that is a, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you'll come on to that when you said we're like was it because it's funny because the environment was obviously like it's again seasoners girls you'd expect like oh there's probably pressure to be like a certain look or to wear like yeah. a bikini and we obviously very much uh, rejected that and even I think even Ollie like I remember one day it was like right it was a Friday it was the back to school theme 
Yeah. And you're all sitting around like, what are you going to wear? What are you going to wear? Like probably a bin bag, I don't know. <laughs> and then Ollie's like, girls, just for once, can you can you just like take back to school how it's meant to be for girls? <laughs> we were like, Ollie, you know, that's completely wasted on us. And I was like, oh, that's yeah. <laughs> I remember once he said to me, like, I was wearing, to be fair, hideous bikini bottoms. Like, <laughs> It's gone. <laughs> oh God! Myself. It was a Wednesday morning. It was awful. Yeah, And he said to me, he was like, "Do you know what?" I was like, "What?" He's like, "My mum wears smaller bikini bottoms than you do," and I'm pretty sure he was like, "And she's over 60. And I was like, "I'm gonna take that as a compliment." <laughs> That's exactly what I wanted to get across. Thank you so much. But like, I think just that being in that environment and having that sort of attitude and yeah. everyone having that attitude as well yeah like I think uh, I, I, again Sandy you know what the boys point of view of it was that it's almost like you just have to put up with it because we're yeah. the only girls you had <laughs> that's the funny thing though to be honest like pretty much all of us like found it hilarious like I I preferred it I thought it was yeah it was so funny because like you said you Club Vast, I don't think, I think Club Vast, well, generally over the year, I think it's got a lot better, but the staff, you know, our first few years, we, we used to get a lot of stick for, you know, being Club Vast, yeah. whatever, blah, blah, blah. But when you were in it, it was really, it was like a proper family and stuff. So yeah. to be honest, we didn't, all us boys, like, unless we were kind of with one of you, you know, I know you, you guys were with, you know, a certain yeah. male member of the team for a few yeah. years and, and all that sort of stuff. But if you weren't, we didn't really view like actual members of the team like that. The boys, like no. I remember all the boys just finding like when you guys dressed up as dinner ladies for, for back <laughs> to school, you know, that was, I thought it was, you know, it was hilarious. And I think one of, one of the reasons or looking back at it now thinking, I think because you guys had, and compared to like the boys, like you guys going back to even just going windsurfing, you guys had such a strong like support for each other. Like we'll get yeah. on to starting cross shore official later, but that name was already around and you guys were all, you were kind of this like squad of six, of you, yeah. seven of you. And it was yeah. very much, it <laughs> was very much. came from um, boy, because the guys I had, it, yeah. fit, it was their code when a really fit girl was walking up the beach. They're yeah, like, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah. Definitely sure we asked someone that and it was like a resounding no. You were like, no, Europe, what did they say? You were like, you're a gusty on the shore. Yeah, you're yeah, you're yeah, you're so lame to anyone that doesn't know all the windsurf banter. Well, I'd say I'd say the demographic demographic of people listening to this podcast will probably know uh know what we're on about. Exactly what we're gonna do. Maybe we should do it. I should try and find that song somewhere. Um, yeah, they should make that the, with the with the windsurfing as well. That's cool because the boys. It was kind of the opposite. The boys, like we, generally we were pretty horrible to each other, but that was quite funny. But like the windsurfing, sometimes like sometimes I like wouldn't want to come to the ins. Like you know, I yeah, I never sailed on the inside because I'm like I just don't want to be judged. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's difficult, you know. The boys, the boys that I don't think there was quite as much support about the actual windsurfing. You know, we give each other tips and like you know, um, like Max, who's like you know was top twenty in the in the world for a few years mm -hmm. and stuff. You know, he's worked in Bass for years and you know a good friend for all of us. But he'd always be you know giving out tips and stuff like that. But there was kind of the younger guys like me, Sam. I think you know Ollie that there was always a bit more of a sort of competitive element to it of like oh you landed this well well I landed this and oh, whereas I think you guys it was a bit more like 
let's just all go out and have a good time. And and I don't know whether that's like a sort of toxic masculinity thing of us being like alpha male, I'm I'm better than you and all this. And mm, I think yeah. the funny thing is, as we've grown up, we've all realised that nobody else gave a shit at all about that. <laughs> moves. Yeah. It was all like... We were just trying to impress each other. We all said, yeah. oh, no, we're trying to do a move on the beach because the girls would think we're cool. But actually... What's <laughs> like, Izzy doing? Oh, shit, body drags. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. bottoms coming down. It's funny, you yeah. realise, actually, the girls, are, the girls aren't paying attention to you. They're paying attention to themselves. And the only people paying yeah. attention to you doing a windsurf move is the other boys who are all... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Actually, that is one conversation I remember having, like with our with our favorite group of um, middle-aged women is I remember specifically talking to them being like thing is who's watching you and I and I was like talking to myself like for actually most of it as well by being like who cares like most of the time you do think when you're out there and you're like flailing around in the in the (laughs) choppy bit in the middle and people are coming past your head and you're crying and you can't water star and you're like everyone's gonna think I'm so shit like this is so embarrassing and at and then when you stand on the beach and you just look at the mass of windsurfers there, you can't see anyone. And yeah. no one's looking at you because most of the people are probably trying to like yeah. sort their bikini out that's like hanging off them. Or, you know, the boys are, yeah, looking out for each other to try and show off in front of. Like, yeah. no, yeah. One, also, no one's looking. I think, I think um, our attitude was like, obviously we loved windsurfing and we were there to have fun, but like we didn't really take it seriously as like a sport to like get good at. And yeah. then... I think it was it was great that we had that but then also amazing that like at the end and um like she still works there now Claire Elliott came along and she was a girl who was like actually taking it seriously yeah wanted to be and again that was a whole new experience of like women in windsurfing and we were like this is so cool and her being really keen to be like as good as the boys um and compete made us a little bit like oh okay well maybe we'll try duck chives then (laughs) like Again, that was, so I guess we still got it a bit. Like we definitely fed off like Claire's drive for it. And yeah. that was really nice. And I wonder if there'd been, if Claire had been there like from the start or if there'd been a couple more girls um, that were taking it a lot more seriously, we might have ended up similar vibes to boys, but I don't know if yeah. that's just not a thing that, I, don't I think know. that, yeah, that is a good point. Like I certainly know that like all of us boys like we wouldn't have got to the kind of level that we're at if we weren't all kind of you know there, there was a certain good thing that came out of all of us getting yeah, the shit all the yeah. time because actually you're like mm. well no fuck you I'm gonna go and learn this move or you know, yeah. you, know you, you do kind of have that chip on your shoulder of like well they've learned this move so I need to go and learn this move and then mm, yeah you know, um and it, Claire was great like I remember Claire saying like because we're a bit like oh it's a bit windy but it's fun we had fun and she was like have, are you guys like gonna try loops or anything and we were like no no no, we'll just have fun and she's like why not just try it like you're not gonna hurt yourself it's water mm. and we were like a bit like oh uh, okay we'd like I think we'd gotten to the point in our last year we'd gotten a bit like comfortable and we were just happy going in our straight line and smiling yeah um, and it was really good having that person to like push mm. us a little bit and I think we did need that yeah I probably definitely need it now of someone to just be like why don't you try it and it, it because of that mindset of like well I don't know girls don't try loops or there aren't loads of girls doing yeah. loops mm. in the bay so you think like oh it's fine I'm just gonna go out and do my straight line windsurfing mm. but actually why not try it like you're there all summer straight line windsurfing like is great but <laughs> at some point <laughs> you're gonna need to learn to turn around yeah. yeah well I think that that's it and then you, you always or I certainly I always went into every season with a certain like goal in my head of right this is what I want to learn and all this and then 
you you don't regret trying it you regret not trying it don't you, you know you get to the end of the season yeah. oh i wish i'd learned that but you know it's it's tough and yeah. i mean that's potentially a toxic way of thinking because it's so easy to do that with everything in life but um mm. it's I, th I think you know something i've learned recently especially because like i'm you know i'm 30 next year so i'm like oh god time's ticking on so i'm like I should stop <laughs> thinking like, oh, I'll, I'll learn to whatever, you know, I'll learn this move next windsurf trip. I'll do this. So I've kind of got this new, almost like a new lease, new look on, on, I mean, I'm using windsurfing, I guess, as a metaphor for life, but I'm like, yeah. just going <laughs> to oh, love it. it. Love it. So what, yeah, definitely. with, um, with cross shore official then did, yeah. you know, you guys, you guys started this Instagram page and you, you almost like started a little bit of a movement, especially in vast. <laughs> Entered the racerback bikini before it even happened, Sandy. <laughs> yeah. Was um was was that started like Laura? You kind of just mentioned it. Was that kind of started yeah. from? Did you kind of see a bit of a lack of sort of female inspiration and stuff yeah. within within the sport? Yeah, I think we were like, oh, I don't know. It's one of those things where we were sat around, and then probably someone like Max mm -hmm. Rawley was just like, "You guys should do an Instagram." because it was when like in, being an influencer on Instagram was just like what everyone did. Well, they still do. But yeah, it was like just starting out, wasn't it? Start, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we started off, I think, not, it was like, yeah, yeah, we were taking Yeah, I think it was one of those classic things where they were like, why don't you, you know, there's, you, you know, use the girls we've got here. Like yeah. you could, and then we were like, okay, yeah, we'll use them and we'll look hideous <laughs> at the same time. And then it <laughs> turned into like, this is what you want from us, but actually we're going to do something. And some of the things we posted were yeah. like gross. It's like yeah. the meal. <laughs> I think it came from, so it, it came from the, you know, all these like hot surfer girls that yeah. are on the internet and doing all these amazing things. And yeah, Alana Blanchard. Oh, and then we were just like, but actually, hold on a minute. It's not like that at all. Yeah. So I think that was the angle yeah. we were going from is a bit more of a like, you know, reality versus yeah, Instagram yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And then I think it just became a bit of a fun it was a fun hobby for ages and then we actually got a lot of people saying to us like oh we came on vast holiday and then we just like would look at it because it would make us smile because we yeah. weren't on our holiday anymore or like they could reminisce about the stuff that had happened yeah which was really nice and then it became a bit of a platform for like us showing like like claire doing something amazing with yeah. like well yeah because that's what i mean and that's i think i think that's why women's water sports is in such a bad state it's getting better mm. now and surfing especially is because it's like all these brands like to be paid to be yeah. a female surfer you basically have to have a good bum and be willing to wear a tiny bikini yeah um which they almost always do because they're sports women but <laughs> it's like for normal people that just want to go out and windsurf mm. or surf just for the fun of it yeah like that's in that's intimidating yeah. and you're like well i don't look like that therefore i can't go out and surf therefore i'm not going to bother or like i look stupid in a wetsuit therefore yeah I don't people seeing me doing that and like i'm going to look stupid trying to uphaul in 30 knots of wind so i'm not going to go out and do that when actually like you do look stupid and that's what's so funny and that should be and celebrated yeah yeah it's so inaccessible for so many people and they just don't yeah they don't try yeah. because of that and, and it's such a Instagram shame was the worst for it like yeah it was just surfer girls were just like they weren't even surfing most no yeah and like, i think sandy you showed us one once of like this girl like running into the water and when you actually look at the sea it's flat yeah. <laughs> you're like what's she gonna do just like paddle yeah. around yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's really bad like if we're gonna yeah. talk mental health like i definitely Absolutely. find myself 
just looking at it and being like oh well I'm never gonna look like that therefore yeah. I'm never gonna be in a bikini on a beach like and you can imagine for teenagers I think we're quite lucky we we had the best of social media and yeah, we met it. become what it is yeah but teenagers growing up in that like that's all they've got and yeah like it's it's like it's embarrassing because no one looks like that unless you are a pro surfer and you're photoshopped. Even the pro the actual pro surfers are like strong women who mm. aren't that like perfect hourglass figure. Yeah. Um. And it was just it was just getting frustrating and like obviously Kosher official doesn't sound as angry as I sound right now. Kosher <laughs> <laughs> um, official is more like a piss take of like come on girls like just have fun. Yeah. You, that's that. I think you guys you guys towed the line so well with it in terms of like your kind of tone of voice because you were like, it, this is a bit of a fuck you to what's going on in the in, in like the general water sports kind of vibe, but yeah. You, yeah. You're, kind of, you're just gonna make fun of it without saying fuck you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah, and especially in windsurfing as well, I think, you know, I mean, without without me sounding too subjective, like surfing gives girls a very different figure to what windsurfing does. Like windsurfing gives you a big sort of shoulders and back. Surfing yeah. does a lot more like legs and bum and, and stuff like yeah. that. It still does shoulders. But, you know, you look at um, some of like the female pro windsurfers and I, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's a tough subject. I mean, and it's, it's an odd subject for me to talk about as a, as a guy as well. I mean, I don't know if you guys yeah. saw, did you see um, Alana Blanchard got dropped by Ripco because she had a baby? Really? I didn't yeah. know she got dropped by them because oh of God, that. But her body, no. like, I follow her on Instagram and her body bounced back so amazingly. <laughs> 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 no, she, she, she doesn't, she posted like her, you know, she does like breathing stuff, all this stuff. But uh, well, I mean, I don't know if that was, I'm sure Rip Curl aren't going to listen to this podcast and have a go at me, but. Well, you never know. You never know if they do. Can you just send me some clothes? Actually, no, you're bastards, yeah. you're bastards. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, apparently it was it was part of it. Part of the reason that she um, was dropped from the team was because she'd had a baby and that wasn't the kind of image that they wanted to project from. from wow, oh my God. You know, and she, she kicked back a little bit and kind of said like, she was quite on it. I think she kind of said that's why, you know, one of the reasons why. Um, oh, but I mean, yeah, but it's it, it is an odd thing. And like you said, I think and I, I think it is it is changing a lot. You know, there's a lot of like body positivity around and stuff like that. But like mm -hmm. it, it must be really difficult. Um, and I mean, you know, you two, you two are by no means um, unattractive at all. You know, and you, you know, <laughs> then, yeah, that's you know a lot of fun jobs. <laughs> a compliment. Um, you know, it, and, it, and it's difficult, but, you know, there's some people that really must feel like, oh, do you know what I'd love to do? I'd love to know what it feels like to stand up on a surfboard or I'd love to, yeah. try, I'd love to try windsurfing and all this, but there, and it's so easy. You know, there's a lot, I've read a lot of stuff recently about negativity bias and the negative bit of your brain is always going to, you know, take over. So it's so yeah. easy for that little bit to go, nah, you can't do that. Yeah. On, on top of that, not only are you like, no, you can't do that because it's hard, but also you can't do that because you don't look like you should be able to do that. Yeah, yeah. so true. There's a, um, actually reading quite an interesting book that's sort of not related to surfing or anything, but it's about how if you don't see people like you in successful positions, so mine is with a teaching context, but it's so damaging and you don't realise it's happening. But if you, yeah, if you're, you know, you want to be a lawyer and you come from a certain background and you don't see anyone that looks like you in positions where they're lawyers, it really negatively impacts you and exactly the same with surfing if you don't see people that look like you or have the same attitude as, as you being successful there's yeah absolutely no way yeah. that you're going to try and push yourself to do it because why would you yeah exactly. yeah. yeah yeah no it's it, I mean it's tough and I mean like you know I'll 
I'll, I'll say pretty openly, like it's, I mean, it's, it's some, not to go back to like male stuff, but it's something I've had a problem with as well. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, all, sure. all, the other, all the other boys are, you know, four or five inches shorter than me and have you know three or four inches smaller waist and all this. And I was, around, I was always much bigger than everyone else. And then it didn't help when I started to lose my hair as well. And like, mm. you know, people are like, you don't look like a windsurfer anymore. You look like a boxer or, you know, something <laughs> like that. Like, cool, man. Thanks for that. But, you know. Uh, it's so annoying. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's odd, annoying. but I think, you know, it's um, I think it's it's definitely going in the right direction. You know, like I I, I did a podcast with a guy called um Salema, uh, a black guy from mm. the from the US, and he's got a charity. He, he's got a charity about getting you know people um, you know black black people out surfing because even even something like that, you know, you you don't see that many black black people out surfing and things like yeah. that. There's a huge stigma yeah. against that, but I think yeah, with with Crossshore Official, like the you know, I certainly know it from Vass as well. Like there's a huge mental block for so many women. Um, yeah. As soon as, as soon as the conditions even start getting a little bit like, you know, for lack of a better word, like, you know, scary, hectic. Yeah, a, yeah. Lot, a lot of people straight away in their brain, they're like, no, 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 I can't do that. I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I think, I think women need a lot more, um, a lot more kind of like group, yeah support like to mm. do it together like yeah. when it was really like hairy out there we would go out together mm. and be fine whereas if I think if it was just like me going out on my own I'd be way more scared and I probably wouldn't enjoy it that much either like we always yeah. have fun when we're together when you're on your own and like you're not trying big moves so you haven't got that thing to like make you do another run you kind of just like whiz around and it is a great feeling but I don't know, a session will probably be a lot shorter. Whereas when you're all together, you egg each other on and like you laugh at each other. And we've definitely yeah. had it loads in Bath when yeah. it was like a massively mega day, or even not, probably a really <laughs> gentle day, and we're having a meltdown and we can't get bored up or something like that. Yeah. And we're like having our own little like weep <laughs> in the water. <laughs> and then like your friend will plop in, probably Emily will plop in and see that I'm like help and just, yeah. like laugh at me or something like that yeah. and you immediately like okay what am I doing I'm being ridiculous this is ridiculous I'm crying I'm yeah. crying and I'm 26 yeah. I'm in the water and I'm frustrated uh, and it's like you just then have fun and yeah. when you crash it you get really pissed off if you're on your own but if Emily's there and she laughs at me I have to laugh even if silently <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so it's so easy for your brain to just like go into when you're by yourself. It's so easy for your brain to just take over and be like, "I'm not comfortable." Oh my god, yeah. I'm not comfortable. I'm not comfortable. Yeah. Uh, but like like you said, you know, as soon as like Emily pops up and catapults out the front door in front of you, and it comes up absolutely fine, you kind of logic starts to take over, and you're like, Do "You know what? It's it's 30 degrees in this water. I'm absolutely fine. I can see the beach, which is 100 meters away." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my friend. My friends there watching, <laughs> yeah. like rescue yeah. me if something yeah. happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so it's so easy for yeah the wrong the wrong bit of the brain to take over. But I think yeah. I think you're right. I think like I don't know whether it's a a female male thing or something like that. But going out in a group is always way more comfortable. But I found that from, mm. from even for me teaching uh, women to windsurf and stuff. I mean, yeah. boys, there's always like a bit of a boys club, but it, it was always a lot more competitive. Whereas like teaching women, I remember I taught a group of improvers. So it's like the level above beginners taught them. And I had a load of, you know, women who were only there because their husbands loved windsurfing. They really could not have given a shit. Um, <laughs> and they, you know, they just, they just enjoyed, 
they enjoyed the sun and being out there and they're like well we'll just yeah. do it because it's something to do you know yeah, better stand on the water yeah it's very because, true <laughs> because there's five or six of them you know i i'd end up getting sucked in as well we'd windsurf <laughs> we'd windsurf out to the tower even just on the sandbar and we'd end up just sitting there and they'd be talking about cocktails the night before and i'm like right come <laughs> yeah. on ladies let's you know let's have it out let's talk yeah and you, yeah. End, you end up sitting there for 40 minutes but it, it kind of doesn't matter because it's still no. You know, not only are you like, it's my job to make sure they have fun on a holiday, but I think it's it's difficult as well for us or for me as an instructor because I knew my limits were so far removed from their limits. You know, mm, I'm yes. like, let's go, blah, blah, blah. And you, you just, yeah, I think that's another thing that season set me up for really well is that to just kind of be a bit conscious of other people and being like, they're really not comfortable right now. Yeah, you know? yeah. And it's not going to help like making them go out. But then sometimes like, Sometimes I sometimes did just need does. someone. I did like Ollie was good at that sometimes. Just like girls, just go out if mm. we were like dithering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, faffing, faffing, or you know, I've caught myself recently. Like sometimes I'll like, you know, I'll come out of the shower or something like that, and I'll sit on my towel for ten minutes and just do <laughs> through Facebook, and I'm like, you get really sore neck. I catch myself, and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I'm like. I'm just faffing so much. Like I know what I yeah. need to go and sit and do. It get away. Well, just go completely goes back to do it. Then it's done. I'm like, you know, yeah. why am I sitting like just I'm faffing <laughs> like this? Like you know, you you two were so bad for it in Vass. You'd be like, oh, I need to get my sail and you know, oh, I need my harness and and panic poo. Yeah. Always needed a poo. As soon as you were up on the rotor, you're like. What is going on? I just sat here for like two hours and I was fine. And now the stress of a 40 minute windsurf and making oh. it to the toilet. Yeah. Oh, it's so much to be done. Yeah. Well, it is. It's one of those, it's it's such an odd thing that you're <laughs> choosing you're, between a, a 4 0 and a 4 2. Yeah. And actually, <laughs> that is definitely a mental thing because yeah. you're like, that I won't die if I take a four, but if I take a four two, I might die. Yeah, yeah. And actually, it doesn't matter. Whichever one you'd have gone on, you'd, you'd have had exactly the same time. And it's, I think, you know, in, um, you know, I don't know if I've coined this phrase or I've done it, but like, just in indecision is just the absolute death of productivity, isn't it? <laughs> Like, oh yeah it's the worst you end up you know yeah. i'll sit there and because i work in social media sometimes i convince my brain that i'm like oh, i'm on instagram i'm doing work research literally like yeah i'll be yeah. I'll watching like star wars theories and i'm like no it's work i'm on igtv it's work yeah it's fine yeah yeah actually that was one thing when i was training to be a teacher last year one of the biggest things that they kept saying well it's you but one of the things they kept saying to us is just do it yeah. and at the time you're like what does that even mean like I don't know but then when you're sat there and you have one million options of different things you could do and you're like well, I could do this or I could do this but then this would happen and actually the best thing to do is just do it just do one thing if it doesn't work move on and do something else but getting yourself to actually just do something is so hard yeah. sometimes yeah. and I think that again do it then it's done just get it over and done with yeah. and also just picking one thing and doing yeah. it. It doesn't matter if it goes wrong, does oh it? God, yeah, I find that definitely with uh, life in general. <laughs> um, <laughs> like deciding like for years, I've been saying like, oh, I'm going to like live somewhere else. 
Oh, <laughs> and I'm like, where are you going to live? I don't know, somewhere else. I'm going to see. It's going to be really nice. Yeah. And I keep sitting <laughs> between, like, maybe I'll just, like, go to Cape Town or go to Cornwall. And eventually I'm not getting a panic that I'm going to end up being, like, middle-aged and be like feel like it's a bit late to try mm. somewhere new whereas now I'm like not tied down particularly to a job or a place and I just need to like fuck it just mm. fuck it and do it yeah just do it but mm. and then I'm like but where but mm. ooh, who with and what for what would happen yeah yeah it's very annoying I, like some people do just like be like right I'm gonna, I feel like going to Cape Town I'm gonna move to Cape Town for a year and just do it yeah and I wish I could do that because then you you do you just figure out like if yeah. Cape Town is not the right place you, you know, just go somewhere else then. yeah come back to London or you go on somewhere else yeah mm. yeah. yeah I think yeah it, it's difficult isn't it because you there's like the dreamer and the kind of logic in all of us isn't there of like oh you know do this yeah. but actually uh, unfortunately like the world isn't as romantic as we all want it to be and you can't just swim. oh my yeah. god why is it? I know. why <laughs> And you get yeah. comfortable mm. and you're just like you keep going you're like well it's not so bad and actually I'm having fun in London and like my job's all right but then also I get yeah you think well you're gonna look back and be like oh I should have done something else mm. I should have tried out other things yeah you just got yeah that's another there's another one Sandy another good phrase that we have that's is it. worry worrying yeah. you're suffering twice when you worry because oh. you're worrying about something happening yeah. and then it does happen and then you suffer again but yeah. You worry, you worry about it, you worry about it happening, and then it happens, and you have a horrible time, and then afterwards you worry about yeah. you worry about what you could have done instead. <laughs> oh, it's, it's just the worst. Yeah. I wish yeah. someone would just tell me what to do, but then I'd get cross because I don't want people to tell me what to do. <laughs> That's the problem. No that, yeah. There is no way. That's the thing about adulting, isn't it? It's it's not very nice, especially especially this year as well, because like, you know, I had pretty big plans. I was like, I want to go and do this, and I want to go and do this. But now we're also limited. Like my my mum, in her infinite wisdom, the other day, you know, I had a bit of a meltdown the other day, and I sort of phoned her, and I was like, Oh, nothing's working. Nothing's going well. And she sort of came to the conclusion that actually, it's not. It's not it's not anything to do with me it's just the fact that the the my the control of my own destiny at the moment has just been taken out of my hands and that yeah yeah it's so much worse like at the moment i can't go and I, I actually i have the ability at the moment to be like i'm gonna go to cape town for three months but yeah but, but i can't you know yeah yeah you know, exactly there's a lot to be said for that yeah, if the world was normal and everything was good, then I probably would have been like, do you know what? I am going to go to Cape Town for a couple of months because I can, yeah. you know, I can work from there, whatever. But now it's like, well, no, well, you could do that, but you might get stuck there or things might go wrong and, you know, all yeah. this. So it's it's just like, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Like, it's really important, I think. Um, I've been talking more and more to friends recently because I've, been like Emily when Emily's been going back to school I've been working on my own in the day and I always thought I was like one day I'm going to go live in like a cabin in the woods in Scotland and I'll be very happy yeah. and I have discovered that I would not be very happy <laughs> doing that because just being in your own head and yeah like you said you just don't really realize the impact of like not having control of your day yeah yeah um, as much as you normally would and like I just found myself like sat there crying some days <laughs> for no reason at all or like uh, I mean, the John Lewis Christmas ad always gets me, but it particularly got me this year. Yeah. <laughs> and and I definitely, um, 
<laughs> like can't handle just being in my own head all day yeah and I, and especially with my um work because I'm writing reports and things on programs in Lebanon um the situation for like refugees following the Beirut explosion which is obviously pretty heavy um, yeah. topic and you don't have like an outlet yeah there's no way to like deal with things that are going on in your head and normally just talking to people like dilutes that throughout mm -hmm. the day and you don't realize what it, like positive effect that has even if you're having shit conversation with people oh, so, about yeah. the weather yeah. it's still better than being in your own head yeah yeah definitely we the, la the lack of outlet thing I think is something that's I've really noticed at school as well is the boys I know I mean I know they're teenage boys but they are so much more angry all of the time at the yeah. moment and people are so uptight and people just feel so frantic about everything because they have no outlet for mm. anything and it's really sad like sometimes and I do it as well when when I was coming home from school and the girls weren't here I would just wouldn't have talked to anyone for like 12 hours I yeah. come home and I sit there and then I go back to school and and you and then the minute they came back I was like I felt like this relief of just having someone else there was just so much nicer and having an outlet yeah I was thinking about um because I was listening to your podcast Andy interviewing the guy who founded the wave yeah Nick um yeah. and talking about like, how great water sports are for like mental health yeah and I think because you 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 it's very you want to like control everything in life mm. and you want to like take control whereas water sports you're successful at water sports if you just relax into it like yeah surfing windsurfing you can be told like the basics and you do need the muscle memory but other than that it's how it feels and you just yeah. kind of got to relax almost go into a semi-conscious state <laughs> yeah and I think that's why water sports is such a good release because it's practice at that it's practice at like just letting letting stuff kind of like go with the flow yeah and adapting to it and kind of just just going with it rather than trying to like arrest control and yeah like, get it all technically right I think that's one thing that going back to teaching women windsurfing to teaching men a lot of the time like you said women wouldn't be able to do the same things that men could do because they physically weren't as strong or whatever and I remember saying like you net if you fight the wind you're always going to lose yeah. because it's always going to like flip the sail onto your head you're like you get really stubborn especially like beach starting water starting you're like I'm going to push the sail into the wind and I'm going to be able to do it and you can't and learning that really quickly then you're like oh yeah actually I can't just like manhandle my way through life yeah. and just get whatever <laughs> I want lovely metaphor lovely and then there were some some blokes like there was a guy I can't remember what his name was but he was definitely military background had the body of an action man I think he was called Angus I don't know are we allowed to use names I'm not sure but he yeah. was so muscly and so strong like, I remember, obviously I when remember. you're teaching him you're a bit like wow <laughs> yeah. but he honestly would get I'd have to say to him like just you know like you can't like lift the wind up like I know you're really <laughs> strong but you can't like push the sail into the wind and win it's never going to happen and then over like two weeks or whatever by the end he was so much more relaxed and he yeah. was like relying on his strength always to get him through and actually like you can't yeah good to learn you can't always do that yeah you have to relinquish some control <laughs> sometimes yeah definitely I think like it's one of the things that um Nick said and actually the, the po other podcast I did with um a woman called Eski who's like an Irish you know big wave surfer like pioneer and stuff um she, mm. she we were chatting a lot about you know going going surfing and stuff and actually kind of ha almost how you almost enjoy sitting waiting for a wave more than actually catching the wave because mm. something about the sea and nick said this as well like 
the sea is so massive and like wind and things like that. And like you said, it, it kind of, you look at like all this and you're like, whatever I'm thinking about in my head is really like inconsequential to what's actually going on. Like, yeah. you know, like, like, yeah, Laura, you like, you just, you know, you just summed it up like really, really well. Like there's, you, you do literally just have to go with it. Like there's, there's nothing you can do, you know, mm, like windsurfing. Yeah. And another, you know, beautiful thing about these water sports and stuff is that you, well, a lot, most sports actually, is that you can't complete them. You can't, it's not like a video game where you get to 100%. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm done now, you know, windsurfing, like, you're never going to complete it. Even the top guys in the world, they're still like, oh, I can still get better. I can still get better. Yeah. So having, like I said, having having a, a purpose or having a sport or a passion like that, that's not related to your career that you can think about, you know, like I, you know, if I can't get to sleep and stuff, go to bed, I'll think about windsurf. I'll lie and I'll be like, oh, you know, I'll think about a windsurf session I've had, or I'll think about my next one and what I want to learn and things. And it, it, even just visualizing it, like kind of switches my brain off a little bit. And I'm like, oh, you know, yeah. I'll get away from coronavirus and, you know, financial <laughs> ruin and all that shit, you know. So what, like Emily, with you kind of going into teaching, you said it's been, you know, pretty difficult um, over this year. And obviously, I'm I'm quite attached to the teaching world because obviously Heidi is is a teacher, and she's in now in she's now in her year after her NQT, but she did yeah half of COVID in her NQT. Like it's obviously not yeah. not been the best time to uh, to start your teaching career. Um, but do you get that? You know you do you get that kind of vibe from like other teachers that you sort of got in bass a little bit of kind of we're all in this together and things like that? Cause I know Heidi and her like fellow teachers, especially in her school are all very kind of close knit and there's a lot of that support going on. Do you, do you kind of have that experience as well? Yeah, absolutely. So my the school I'm working at at the, at the minute, it's like, it's pretty rough and ready, which I quite like. And that is the thing that's got me through is all the teachers are so supportive. No one judges you. No one's like, oh, they oh, they behave really well for me. Like, that's, yeah, that's yeah. weird that they don't behave for you. It's not, it's not like that at all. And I think or something I've always said is like the, the boys know that as well. The boys know that the teachers are all mates and that we all go to the pub afterwards and we all bitch about them. And they know that and they know that we're like a united front. And I think it has a really positive impact on them because okay. they can see, oh, actually, like they do just want the best for us and they're not. They're not just going to like let us do whatever we want. And they talk to each other. If I treat this teacher really badly, the teacher I like is going to find out about that because mm. they're all friends too. And I think being in a, yeah, I've had a, as part of my training, I was in an environment which was not like that. So Heidi would have done the same. You do two placements. Yeah. My first placement is the school I'm working at now. And my second placement was pretty much the opposite. And I did feel like I was being judged all the time. And I did feel like people had these expectations that were ridiculously high and really unrealistic for like what was going on. And I just, it was so damaging and it's so negative all the time to be, to be not feel like you're supported by people around you. Um, so yeah, I'm in the perfect place at the moment, which is really, really nice. And it is it's what you need in a, in a, you know, in any job that's sort of stressful and you've got so many factors that you obviously can't control, like trying to control children is impossible. Yeah. And if you don't have that support to work, it is just so miserable. Mm. So I'm very lucky that I've got such a supportive place to work, which is yeah, amazing. Yeah. I mean, I like I can't I can't think of many jobs much harder at the moment than being a teacher. I guess it's it's very easy to turn around and look at it and be like, well, 
you've been getting paid all through this you know you're that all, all that stuff's fine it's like yeah cool that's fine but you're you know essentially you're doing a shitload more work um mm. it's a lot it's a lot harder and i know like heidi does heidi weirdly doesn't have to wear a mask but i guess secondary schools you do have to wear a mask don't you or i've no idea we do in the corridors yeah i mean yeah. i think what sums it up really well is um so we had to send all our year 11s home on friday because um of some positive cases and one of the parents was picking up her son and she genuinely looked at the teacher and said what the fuck am i supposed to do with him for two weeks <laughs> and we were like yeah exactly we you know we have to deal with them or i think i think like people don't realize that how hard it is to especially with all the anxiety of that's going on at the moment and it's not normal at all and they the boys know it's not normal and they don't know where they stand and they're confused about their exams and they're confused about their future and like you know sandy like boys aren't very good in general at talking about things like that and they let yeah. it get the better of them sometimes especially when they're 15 and they don't know how to deal with their emotions and it's it's just it's really going to be very interesting the next couple of years i think yeah. to see how it turns out yeah yeah, yeah especially if you like oh no laura you go Oh no, I was just going to ask you, like, how do you find working independently? Because you're saying about, like, how the benefit of teamwork. How do you find not having that in your job at the moment? It's a funny one. Like, I think I like to be on. Yeah, to be honest, I love it. Like, I love mm. I love being in control of my own destiny. I love not having someone to tell me what to do. Um, mm. And I love I love the flexibility of it because I'm very much a, because like my my brain hasn't been very nice to me especially in the last couple of years like I'm getting better so occasionally I do wake up and I'm like oh I really don't want to I don't want to do anything today and I kind of have the flexibility at the moment especially the amount of work I've done at the moment I can be like do you know what I'm not going to do anything today um, yeah. you know throughout throughout the summer I was very busy um and that was and that was good but it, it's cool I think for me as well because you kind of feel like you're building your own thing you I kind of have a I have I mean, it's difficult, but I feel like I have a lot more drive than I would if I was working for a company doing it because yeah. all the all of the gains of it, financial, career wise, anything, they're all attributed to me rather than attributed yeah. to the, the name on the door of the building I'm in, you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I think it does sound good. That kind of that kind of outweighs the lack of like kind of presence. But like I've got kind of you know two or three um sort of friends in a circle and we're all sort of self-employed and doing it and, and in various circles and you know I talk to them most days even if it's just like five minutes on whatsapp like blah, 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 you know we'll talk about yeah. what we watched last night anything like that so that that you know the my support network is very strong like obviously I live with Heidi she's to and from school every day like um you know I talk to my mum a lot you know all that sort of stuff yeah. but it's it's difficult as well because I've not experienced I've not really experienced being in this lifestyle in a normal world yeah yeah that's true yeah that's true by the time by the time I got to the point where I had like enough clients to be like considering myself as like a, a real freelancer and stuff coronavirus started you know so <laughs> I've so not annoying yeah so I've, I've not really experienced um what kind of normal life and and doing this is like so it's it's been a it's been yeah. a very strange experience but it's i think it's been good all in all like i've yeah come out i've come out of it a much it's making me a much better human and it's good i i you know i can't i can't really imagine doing anything else if you know what i mean yeah uh, mm. and it gives so me really, what, what you're doing is 
you've you've kind of just nailed it in mm. terms of what what when we were left first like what we wanted out of life was to be able to be flexible do water sports still get paid like still be able to like get good at your job and like you've got somewhere to go with it um and that's what I'm quite jealous of and what like I need to make a decision of like do I sit mm. safe and comfortable in London in my job and live for the weekend or do I actually try and like get a bit more out of life and it's so difficult to kind of figure out like I do really love my job but do I love it enough mm. to like not have the other things that I want which is that flexibility or like the work-life balance like what even is a work-life balance if like you love your job then you don't need a work-life balance but it, yeah this this is this is I'm like kind of trying to express my brain right now no I get it and like it's it's a funny one for me because I was I was it took me a few months thinking about it and kind of researching it and all this like I, I kind of very much did my sort of due diligence but I kind of knew I was going to do it um, mm. because I realized that that yeah just that the work-life balance for me just didn't exist um, in my, yeah, yeah. In, my in my previous job and it wasn't until I went on holiday to Fort Aventura last summer um, with Heidi and we went around the time of the the world the world tour event there so we saw, we saw our, we saw our friends uh, like Jamie and Max and, and Claire and stuff and two of the other boys from Vass were meant to fly out their flights got cancelled last minute and the guys at the event said to me they were like oh you can you can have one of their wild cards um but I couldn't, but I couldn't do it because I had to fly home and go back to work. Ah, oh, fuck! That's yeah, so annoying. Yeah, damn I, it, I, that's so annoying. And it, it's such a, it's such a like, oh, you know, first world problem, whatever. But I'm like, it meant a lot to me, and I was like, yeah. I could have, I, mean, I wouldn't have expected to even got through a heat, but just to say that I'd kind of competed, competed at kind of the top level of the sport and stuff, I was like, fuck, that would have been a really cool thing to say I've done. Yeah. Uh, that's so it. I kind of I remember getting on the plane back from Florida. I was crying on the plane home, and then <laughs> and then a two two days later, two days later, I quit my job. Oh, nice. So that was the that was it. I don't know whether you and I. I wonder if a lot of other people that have done a similar thing have had like a catalyst moment as well. But I very much it was building up, building up. But that was the the catalyst moment for me was that where I was like, oh my god, this like thing I could have done that for the rest of my life I could have looked back on and been really proud of I couldn't do because I had to go back to a fucking job and I was like yeah yeah fuck it yeah but it's it's tough there's so many things to think yeah. about it's, it's difficult um and without without making yeah. without making the podcast about me um but that's yeah that was that yeah, was, it's interesting it's a good parallel yeah um that that was you know and I've always said to any you know if anyone's thinking about going self-employed or doing their own thing or anything like that like it's the same as what we said about learning a new windsurf move like you're only going to regret not trying it yeah exactly it's so true you're only gonna i feel inspired right now Sandy. yeah oh god laura's gonna quit her job everyone <laughs> yeah i'm leaving <laughs> if you tomorrow morning you're gonna get an angry phone call sandy like, why did you let me do that <laughs> my packed bags yeah. I'm leaving for Cape Town. Yeah, I'm off. Even you know, it's one of those things though. Like, even if you went self-employed, you went to Cape Town, you tried to set up something, whether it's you know, anything that you can do from a laptop these days, which is basically every job in the world. You know, yeah. You set up right. I'm going to travel, do this. Even if you do it for a year and you're like, do you know what? Actually, I do want a bit of stability. I, you know, I quite like, quite miss my life in London, whatever. 
you can always go back to it. You know, there'll always be yeah. a, a kind of another job. Yeah. That's what stops a lot of people is that kind of fear of like, what if they never have me back and all this stuff? And it's like, <laughs> unless you've given them a reason to think that, they probably will, you know? Would you yeah. have me back, Emily? I would have you back, yes, all right. There you go. There we go, there we go everybody. <laughs> I quit my job. Yeah. Oh my God, no. No, I do really like this. I'm going to stay in the present. No, sorry. No, anyone listening? It's from work. I love it. Yeah, it's um, it is, it is a, it is a difficult thing to do. Um, but yeah, cool. Let's let's sort of um wrap up a little bit there. Then I've got a few a few kind of quick fire questions. Mm. Okay. Okay. Sound effect for these. Fingers on Um, the buzzer. Fingers on the buzzer. Um, where is where is your your happy place? Click your fingers right now. Where are you? Oh, it's got to be vast, hasn't it? Really? Yeah. I think that six o'clock, where it's oh yeah, maybe like seven golden hour, whenever that is, and you're sitting at the beach oh. bar and you've had a really good windsurf on your day off, yeah. and you've got a beer, and I think Heidi coined Heidi Lana coined the phrase. I don't know what it is, but when you have one beer and you feel like pretty pissed, yeah. and you just and your ruddy cheeks. Yeah, your ruddy cheeks. You feel you've got salty eyebrows. And you keep licking them, and it's, <laughs> it's just the best. Like, you're like you know in Pokemon, where all the characters are like, "Ah, oh, Pikachu," and it's all like, "Ah, yeah. that's what your like, face is so crispy. It's gonna like peel off." Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think for me, that's the first thing that springs to my mind. Yeah. yeah. Were you saying that? Obviously, now I'm there too. Mm. I'm there with you, babe. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> stuff of the wine. I'm there. You sound like some real old washed up bath people (laughs) who can't let go of their past. (laughs) I just want to be 22 again. (laughs) I know. It's that time of day. Something about it is so nice. Yeah. I've got like a picture on my phone of like the beach bar that I took. I went there in September last year and it's like, you know, and the sky just goes pink and everything like that. Oh man. I'm just, every time I look at it, I'm like, there it is. Happy place. That's where I want to be. Yeah, that's mm. a good one. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's a good um, one. Obviously, a better one. We've just we've just discussed for ages that we've all been stuck inside and all that stuff. Um, I know you guys enjoy watching movies and TVs nearly as much as I do. Um, yeah. What you what have you been watching this year? What what can you recommend? Oh, I knew you were going to ask us this, and oh, let let me let us tell you about our weekend oh, last weekend gosh, while we were locked Sandy, down. This is the quarantine of dreams. <laughs> Here we go. So we made a den in our uh, in our front room. It involved nailing nails into the walls so we could hang up the, the ceiling properly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, we watched Star Wars. We've been watching a, a lot. Of, we watched A New Hope. We watched Solo. Yeah. We watched um, the other one. The other one. <laughs> the one where um, the Jar Jar Binks, where he becomes Darth, Darth Vader. Vader. Yeah, where he's melting in the lava. What's that one called? The Return of the Yeah. But I'll tell you what, as a 28 year old making a den, I it was it was worth every second spent on that. <laughs> because it really felt like we're in the cinema. Yeah, it did. <laughs> we made popcorn. Had popcorn. It was yeah, it's lovely. Really recommend it. Listeners, make a den. Yeah. So yeah, Star Wars and uh, what else have we were watching? Um, Ghost was good um, on BBC. Oh yeah, Ghosts. Have you watched Ghosts? No. Oh, it's so funny. It's horrible histories, but for adults. And oh, it's right. like it's really it's really silly, and it's it's like this girl can see ghosts. It just sounds really crap, but I really recommend yeah, it because it is good. genuine adult humour, not in a naughty way. Not very <laughs> much not naughty at all. <laughs> silly and Strictly, obviously. I'm obsessed with Strictly, so I've been watching that quite a lot. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll admit. I'll admit here. Me and Heidi have been watching. I'm a celebrity, and I absolutely love it. <laughs> mm. 
I've not watched I've not watched British shit TV for many years, and it's actually quite funny. It's good. Yeah, yeah, it's very good. Yeah. Have you if you've been watching Star Wars, have you been watching The Mandalorian? No. Everyone keeps talking about it. Oh my god. I'm wearing I'm wearing a Mandalorian t-shirt. No, I've not. Uh, the sea, the sea claimed it last year. Oh, wow. I know. I know. Oh. It's very sad. Um, yeah. If you can get, I, I was just about to say another another great happy place is um, sitting at the bachelor pads with the opening credits of Game of Thrones coming on. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Game of, yeah. I, I did a rewatch. I rewatched Game of Thrones in lockdown one. Oh. Yeah. I, I really met I love that we had I love that when we were doing seasons, Game of Thrones was like in its peak. Like we went through it. Like yeah. there would be like 15 of us all trying to cram into like one sofa or <laughs> trying to like look at that. Yeah. Yeah. That oh, was really good. fun. Um, and then finally, obviously, I always like to drink a beer while I've been uh, recording. Today, I have had a Kona Brewing Company Longboard Island Lager. Oh, look at me! I surf. Um, <laughs> what have What have you two been drinking? I forgot to mention at the beginning. Ours is a surf IPA from Surf, from our local favourite called Belleville Brewing Co. London, Ooh. and we used to live next to the tap room. Um, which is by Wandsworth Common Station for any of uh, Londoners out yeah. there. Um, and they do great beer. Actually, this has been really delicious. It has been really delicious. And it fits our brand because it's the Thames and we live in London <laughs> and we love surfing. <laughs> there we go. It fits the brand. <laughs> that was the worst thing I think I've ever said in my whole life. The best bit is it's on record. Definitely slogan. That was my slogan. <laughs> we love <laughs> Says the girl who's on a phone board in <laughs> white water. Yeah, pounded. Um, cool. Well, guys, thank you. Uh, thank you for your time. Oh, we've set them off. No, thank you, Sandy. Thank you. We've had a really lovely time. Yeah, yeah. thanks for having us. I feel very honoured. Actually, yeah. it's quite emotional. No, I, mean, I think we spoke about it. Maybe we spoke about it. Maybe I just thought I was going to speak to you guys about it. I didn't. Um, but I've been wanting to get you guys on for a while because I think. Yeah, I think it's I think it's good. Um, I think yeah. it's yeah, cross officials worth talking about. Um, so where where can we where can they where can the listeners find you? What where can they find out what you guys um, are up to? Well, we have our Instagram, which um, is at underscore official. And Crossshaw is spelt with two S's, not three, not three. So it's basically cross hall. Underscore official. and we're a little bit spread. We actually had a comment um, from Ivan the other day saying he's getting stressed out by how inconsistent we are. <laughs> but it's like, Ivan, sorry, if you're listening to this, we're going to do what we want to do. And we're busy women. We're working women. <laughs> and it's really quite painful revisiting our past yeah. where we had such a good time every day. Yeah. And trying yeah. to like come up with a comment when you're really not in the mood for it. Yeah, it's true. It's um, but yeah, no, we'll, we'll, we'll try and get back on it. I mean, we, we had a good, we had a blog as well, um, which got shut down because we stopped paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> We're really committed to this movement, everybody. Um, but I think I might try and set that up again because it was quite a nice thing to just sit and write about stupid stuff. Yeah, quite a good, good release. I think it'd be funny. It'd be funny to see, yeah, like, I think you could you could almost do, like, Crossshore official chapter two and do, like, the lives of Crossshore girls in London or something. <gasps> 
love yeah. it that's yeah. great that's thank great you. sandy thank you that's all right food for thought. you can have that one for free um but yeah thank you very much <laughs> Um, I hope you have enjoyed. Please do check out Lauren Emily uh, on Crossshore Official. And please also follow me on at the After Hours Lounge on Instagram. Uh, you can uh, like, share, follow, subscribe, all that stuff. It's free to do. It only takes a couple of seconds, but it fucking helps me out. So please do it. Um, uh, I was going to say November, but uh, by the time this goes out, it'll be December. So, um, yeah. But you guys can you guys can also buy me a coffee, buy me a beer. Um, please, you can do that as well. This podcast is thirsty work. It's hard work, but I love doing it. And I hope you guys enjoy listening to it. Uh, thank you, Laura and Emily, again. And we will see you for the next one. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.